0: Greetings and welcome to the Patients Come First podcast. Joining us on this episode is Joshua Grant of Stanton, a kidney transplant patient who's taking a proactive approach to finding a suitable donor. Also joining us is Dr. Jose Oberholzer, a researcher surgeon and the director of the Charles O. Strickler Transplant Center at UVA Health System. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Thank you. Dr. We're pleased to have both of you with us for a few minutes to discuss Joshua's situation and his unique approach to finding a kidney donor and to also discuss organ transplants and, and organ donation. Joshua, for the benefit of our listeners, is a young man in the prime of his life who needs a kidney transplant from an O-positive donor, which is a factor that makes finding a match more complicated. To help improve his chances of finding a donor, Joshua is using some creative word-of-mouth techniques to help the process along. If you would, Joshua, please tell us about your condition and how you've taken matters into your own hands to help identify a donor.
1: I've been born with a screwed up bladder condition, which over the years has really messed up my kidneys to the point that they really went into renal failure, which is called dialysis. And I've taken matters into my own hands by handing out bumper stickers and business cards and putting them on social media to try to get the word out.
0: And what kind of response have you gotten from that uh, sort of word-of-mouth campaign?
1: I've gotten several phone calls and emails and Facebook messages, people wanting to know what all is entailed with a donation and kind of the next step and so forth as far as how they go on. So we've had some pretty positive outcomes so far.
0: Well, that's good that uh, that you're getting the word out there, and hopefully this this podcast episode will help continue to spread that word. Dr. Oberholzer, you're the surgeon who will perform Joshua's transplant surgery when a donor match is found. You've performed more than 1,000 transplant-related surgeries. If you would, please tell listeners about donor compatibility for transplant patients, particularly as it relates to Joshua's cage and the matching criteria necessary to increase the likelihood of transplant surgery success.
2: So the the first step and the most important step is to actually find somebody who is willing to undergo the testing and see whether uh, he or she would be a suitable donor. That's the most important step. Um, of course, ideally, the donor would be of the same blood type or have a compatible blood type, um, but that's less important because we can always find a way uh, of making it work. Um, And and what I mean by that is if uh, Joshua were to find somebody who is willing to donate but let's say it turned out to be a different blood type, we have essentially two options in that situation. One is to enter a donor exchange program, so where somebody is in a similar but opposite situation to Joshua, and then they can swap their donors. So Joshua's donor would give to the other person and the other person's donor would give to Joshua. So that's something that is routinely done. But of course it requires the first thing. You need to have somebody willing, uh, to be a donor. And then the second option is, is to, uh, treat Joshua in a way that we remove that part of the immune system that would be problematic when using a different blood type. And, and that's called desensitization. Uh, so you, it's possible technically to remove that part that would cause trouble and then still make it possible. Uh, so for Joshua, the most important part is first to find somebody willing to donate.
0: And I know you just recently actually had a newspaper column published in the Charlottesville Daily Progress uh, focusing on kidney and liver transplantation, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That's
2: correct, yes.
0: Okay. And and that's really important perspective, and we want to talk about uh, the importance of organ donation here in a moment. Dr. Oberholzer, here's some additional context that people should know. There are about 115,000 Americans on the transplant waiting list. These are people like Joshua Grant. Thousands of transplant operations are performed every year, but more donors are always needed because it's estimated that a new person joins the waiting list every 10 minutes. There are also a lot of misconceptions, both about posthumous organ donation and living donation. Dr. Oberholzer, I wonder if you could please help people sort of dispel some of those common myths about organ donation.
2: So, as you said, there is there are two options. Uh, one option is um, to say that if you pass away and you pass away in in a, in a certain manner, that would make you an organ donor, that you would allow um, the removal of your organs and and this is something that is supported by all the religion uh, so whether it's buddhism, whether it's islam, whether it's shuism or, or christianity, all major religion support organ donation and, and it can be seen as a last act of kindness that you do before you leave <laughs> and, and, and i use a signature on my, on my email that says please do not take your organs to heaven because heaven knows we <laughs> need them here <laughs> And I truly believe that heaven knows we need them here, <laughs> and and so that's something I, that I really urge everybody to to think about, and and if they feel comfortable with the thought that once they are passed away, that we would use the organs to help others, to let their family and friends know, because that will make the process much easier. Uh, you can imagine in a moment where where a family loses a loved one, to approach them and ask about organ donation. It's not that easy, but if you had that kind of conversation, discussion before, it makes it much easier because then the family, um, will feel like, okay, we want to make sure that we fulfill the last wish of our loved one. And we know that our loved one wants to, do, wanted to donate the organs. So that's, that's the one that you write on your driver license, whether you want to be that or not. And then the other part, which of course takes more courage. And that's to say, well, I want to give, uh either part of my liver or like in Joshua's case, one of my two kidneys uh, uh, while I'm alive um, and uh, I will undergo that surgery and then I can help somebody, I can save the life of somebody. And and the procedures have become really, really, really safe. Um and the risks are of course not zero, it's surgery. And and so that means that we will test any donor to make sure that there are no, um, increased risks to undergo surgery. So there's a very careful evaluation. And then one of the myths sometimes is, is that the donor may be hesitant because they're afraid of the healthcare costs and all that. But the costs of an organ donor evaluation are all covered by the insurance of the recipient. And, and then there are, um, you know, there's the National Kidney Foundation and other organisations that can help in hardship cases, you know, with loss of of work, uh, income, and things like that, to make it as easy and financially as little burden fall to to any donor.
0: And that's really important context. So thanks for sharing that, because there are so many myths out there about that you're, you know, if you're an organ donor, your life won't be saved if you uh, find yourself in in need of emergency medical care, or as you said, that there's a cost uh, to the person who's the donor. So, or that you know, there are these notions that are mm-hmm. not founded in fact about that uh, there's preferential treatment for people on the waiting list. All of these things. So, I'm glad you were able to address that. Mm-hmm. And this really is a, a life saving issue for so many people. And so that's why we want to strongly encourage people who are listening to this to consider being organ donors to help another person in serious medical need. On a personal note, Dr. Oberhoser, as you said, um, I can proudly say that I'm an organ donor and that that status is reflected, as you mentioned on my personal Virginia driver's license. And and you can become an organ donor when you renew your license through the Virginia DMV or by visiting Donate Life Virginia online. But, of course, it's easy enough for me to say that. Um, Joshua, you're closer to this. And so I wonder if you can sort of speak to this personally about why organ donation is so vital and how it really can make an impact, a life-saving impact on another person.
1: Without it, you're, you're relying on a machine to live. I mean, I just turned 31 years old and I'm trying to juggle a full-time job, under dialysis. I mean, without, without this organization, you're going to deal with dialysis until you pass on or get the donation, one of the two. And, and the longer it goes, the more health conditions that can come up, like your heart and everything else starts to take effect from it. So donations is really, it's really a big important thing. It's, I mean, it, It's a lifesaver for the guy getting it. It means so much to the donor.
0: You said that so well, Joshua, so I appreciate you sharing that. Again, as I mentioned, for anyone listening, if you feel moved to become an organ donor, please visit Donate Life Virginia online. You can also find information about organ donation by visiting UVA Health System online. If you Google the terms UVA donor and kidney, that will actually take you to a page through which you can actually submit a prospective donor form. On that note, I want to thank you both for being with us today. But before we part company, we'll close with a question we ask all of our guests on the podcast. It's one we borrow from a popular BBC program. And the question is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book and one album would you take with you? And we will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than a religious text, what one book and one album would you take with you? And Joshua, I'll toss it to you first. No idea. (laughs) 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 So same question to you, Dr. Oberholzer. One book and one album for your deserted island experience.
2: Well, you may be a little bit surprised to hear that from a a transplant surgeon, (laughs) uh, an adult person. But um, I think one of the most beautiful books I've ever read, and I probably have read it four times by now, is... um, Uh, The Little Prince. It's written in French uh, by uh, Antoine Saint-Exupéry. Once when I was six, I saw a magnificent picture in a book about
1: the jungle called True Stories. It showed a boa constrictor
2: swallowing a wild beast. And uh, it is just a, a beautiful story. It's a lot about love and... And, and a relationship and uh, and also the beauty of life uh, in itself uh, uh, it 's a book that when you are down, <laughs> you read it, and it 's just a really beautiful story. so the little prince and I think many kids read it in book hey uh, read it read it in school uh, uh, so that would be one book that I could always take to your hand uh, and then the music album um, so if I had to listen to really beautiful music, then I probably uh, i would uh, Take uh, music by Yo -Yo Yoma, who is a cellist, Mm -hmm. and uh, really plays beautiful music. Uh, So that's also something in a moment where things are maybe more difficult, and I listen to that kind of music. So Yo -Yo Yoma cello solos. eh? Mm
0: Okay, so a little bit of uh, serenity, some serene music by yourself. All right, so thank you for those answers. Well, listen, that's going to do it for this episode of the Patients Come First podcast. We thank both Joshua Grant and Dr. Jose Oberholzer for being with us today. Please keep us posted about updates in your situation, Joshua. And again, to all of our listeners, organ donation is really such an important thing, so please consider... Being an organ donor, you can do that when you renew your license through the Department of Motor Vehicles, or you can visit Donate Life Virginia online. And again, there are also resources at UVA Health Systems' website as well. So please consider it. Thank you.
2: Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, sir.
0: That's going to do it for today's episode of the Patients Come First podcast. You can find new episodes as they become available at www.vhha.com. You can also find episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud and on other popular podcast portals. We also encourage you to engage with us on social media, including Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to send us comments, questions, or feedback for the podcast, you can do that through our Twitter account at Virginia HHA using the hashtag patients come first. Thanks.